50% overall from the field, but he was also 50% from three. He was five to 10. I know you're out there. It's okay. Stand back there. <laughs> no, more than likely, you're going to get that number one seed. And so I want him to be ranked in number one. Eight. Good evening, good night, all those great things. Cougar fans, how you doing out there? Welcome to another edition of Less Rage Cougs, presented by the Saxonian family. I'm Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. Joining me is Dayon Dunlap. Sir? What's up, Ravi? Akif Ghazi, how, how are you, sir? I'm, I'm doing terrific. I'm doing great. And why are you doing terrific? Akif, <laughs> why? Tell me why you're it's doing terrific. we're moving on to the Sweet 16 for the fourth time. In four in four uh, tournaments, Dan. How about you, man? What say you? Let's talk about the eighty-one sixty-four win by the Cougs over Auburn in Auburn territory. Man, what a performance in that second half! They played with a high level of intensity defensively. Really, just locked down everything that Auburn was getting. They weren't able to penetrate and get inside. And how about T. Mark, man? I've been talking about him all year in a breakout game at this time. In one of my group chats, uh, somebody said he T. March, and I like that. I like T. Yeah. March because he he came up big um, last time he played in March, and he came up big today. And so it was great to see he didn't settle for the three. He go drove inside got to his mid-range and this was make samson great if you're a guard and you want to come to houston and you start cooking coach samson go iso you every time uh drop four and let's cook let's work and he went to work man so great job by samson recognizing who's hot giving the players in their spots and i'm so happy for jamar mark because i i know he had that in him he just been playing within the role within the offense and coach samson been challenging him to do all the little things in which he did that today with rebounding and defending. Now he just got loose offensively and just kind of showed the world what he's capable of. Exactly. We touched on it Thursday. We wanted him to get to the line. Check. Eight for nine from the free throw line. Eight for eight in the second half. 20 of his career high 26 points came in the second half. He was six for nine from the floor in the second half. He carried the team when Marcus Sass and Jamal Shedd went to the bench with four fouls. The Cougs stretched the lead. What a three-point lead when they went got in foul trouble with those four fouls headed to the bench. T March said it's okay. This so it was, I got a, it, it was a great win for the Cougs on us to uh, Kansas City. And if anybody's wondering where is Andy, where is Andy? <laughs> I guess we could say it's not a secret. He had to leave pretty much immediately after the game because he is flying back with the man himself, Mattress Mac. So we're gonna be Giving you the show tonight, Let's Rage Cougs. Andy may try to, to uh, join us via audio if he can at some point in the next hour. But it's going to be me, Dayan, and Aki talking about this great Houston victory. And it was a road win. Aki, you said it in the previous yeah. uh, Let's Rage Cougs show that Cougs are still undefeated on the road. Right, sir? They are. They, they still are. And, hey, in the second half, that ended up being a home game. I'm telling you that. Yeah. The, yeah. the way it sounded like on t- at least on my TV screen, it mm-hmm. was loud and it was in favor of Houston. So I'm I'm so proud of this team and the amazing work that Coach Sampson and his coaching staff has done. And it was great because the first half we'll talk about that in a second. But one good thing about being on quote unquote the road team is once you get the momentum going, mm-hmm. that crowd is like oh, they're just silent. There's, what can they say? Mm-hmm. They're like I can't believe this is happening. Well, y'all saw it firsthand. Y'all saw that butt whooping the Cougs put on there in the second half. So let's talk about the overall, what was it, 12 block shots, 
just yeah. wound, just swatting everything <laughs> left everything. and right. Left and right. It was just great to see. It, it was a lot of weak side block shots. You know, they were just yeah. coming over. Got down. We touched on this a few times. You mentioned a lot this season. One issue that the Cougs have had trouble with is keeping guards out of the paint. And the first mm-hmm. half, Auburn just carved up the Cougs like 22 paint yeah. points. It was just, mm-hmm. it was anti-Houston defense in that first half. I would love the Coach Sampson said to the guys at halftime, we can guess. I'm sure it had a, a lot of choice words challenging the youngsters' uh, intestinal fortitude, whatever phrase you want to, cliche you want to use, but they came out much more aggressive in the second half and they played Cougar defense. There was some fouls. That's okay because they were being aggressive. Yeah. But just what did Auburn, Auburn made like four buckets in the second half, something like that? Yeah, they, they, they struggled. They you could tell. Four for 24 in the second half. Four for 24 in the second half from the and, four, I mean. And 0 for 5 from three. They yeah. Couldn't buy it. They couldn't buy a bucket. They couldn't make free throws. They couldn't make twos. Cook said, thank you very much. And then Tremont Mark took over. But, this, Dan, you got it, man. What do you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, yeah, we could go with the block shots in the defense because I think that's what turned the game. I, I think with the, the way they, they picked up the intensity started with they first threw the ball in, the way Jamal guarded Green and he, he pressed them. And you could tell the, the defensive and the focus on the defense really went up to another level. And they were really swarming and not allowing any um, easy looks because, like you just said, it was a lot of easy looks that able to drive. Um, in the first half and the, and the second half, that's what uh, turned the tie on, on the defense. And, I mean, all the young guys really stepped up, and especially in the absence. Although they didn't really score, they were able to defend um, and keep the ball in front of them to, to keep the momentum and allow Tremont and the defense to do what they did in the second half. But Jarris, man, he looked different out there. I mean, I, I loved his aggression. I loved everything he played with from rebounding to block shots. A couple of his block shots was on ball. He was guarding the ball and got beat, but he had the athleticism um, to block the shot. And so I love the game that he played today. I still think he could have got more touches, a bit more aggressive, and had a, a bigger impact on the game. But he was still today. Jay Wan was uh, was a monster. He had five blocks, so he was swatting everything. And so the defense was there. I love how Jamal picked and chooses his spots when to be aggressive. He got timely buckets. But Marcus, man, he, he, he was spectacular, especially um, early in the um, second half and then stretches in the first half. And so it was good to see him be able to play the entire game. But he made some, some big momentum plays to get Houston back in the game and then a tie the game. And so he was just as impactful as Tremont. And Tremont kind of picked up that torch and carried it out of the game. But but Marcus, he he was the All-American. He was the piece that we needed today, especially offensively, especially creating for himself, being able to, to beat the defense with that step back jumper. Man, it, it was it was a it was a beautiful display to see our guards really uh, play like they did today. And we're really the whole team. And Aki, I want to get your thoughts on this. It's to me the Cougs were down 10 at, at, at halftime, not playing Coug basketball. But those first four minutes of the second half. They got after it. They played Coug basketball on the on the boards defensively. Marcus Sasser hitting those step back shots. And before you know it, they were down two. And I, I kind of sense it was just a matter of time. <laughs> just a matter of time. Yeah. What do you think about it in the second half? I actually sure. thought, I actually thought at halftime we were good. I'm not even like I I, yeah, I, wouldn't I promise worry you. I, I wasn't worried. And even if we had lost, I would have thought we would we're gonna put up a fight second half anyways. Because the first half they were what four for, they were four for ten or five for eleven from from the three, 
And we said this last uh, last show that they, this this is not a good three point shooting team, and this is mm-hmm. not a good free throw shooting team. And they're also they were still four for ten from the free throw line. So I thought, okay, if even if we send them to the free throw line, they're gonna miss some some easy ones. But it, it came it really came down to, of course, like what Dayon had mentioned was that defense. And then Sasser just he was cooking that first half. I know Tremont he took over in the second half of the or most most of that second half, but. Sasser's really like offensively. He just sparked. He sparked a fire. He could have went for thirty. He didn't get in foul trouble. He he would have had one of those yeah. spectacular type games. He didn't get in foul trouble. He could have went for thirty. But then this is a good point that it kept kind of Auburn in the game was the way the refs called the game and so many fouls. Auburn missed so many free throws, so they kind of shot themselves out of the game. But early yeah. on in that second half, when Houston got in the bonus, I think it was around nine minutes, it was still kind of close, and that kind of kept them in the game. And so one thing I will say is at least they were consistent. Houston got some of those <laughs> same <laughs> fouls and was able to go to the free throw line and make it. And so at least they were consistent. But Houston definitely has to stop fouling. But I, I don't mind it. But Well, I don't mind it because Auburn missed, but at the same time, uh, we can't find out like that, man. That, that's something we cannot do. It, ha- it hurt us against Villanova when we couldn't make shots. This time we got players who could actually get buckets. Yeah, and guys, we, we yeah, and we we shot eighteen for eighteen <laughs> from the free throw line in the second half. Second yes, half. sir. And yeah. that I mean, to me, I don't know about y'all. This was probably at least for, as far as halves go. This is probably the best half, um, at least in recent memory, for Houston Cougars. That, that, this is. Just my opinion when it comes to like the intensity, the stakes. So yeah. I mean, we we had we had great moments, of course, in in previous tournaments. But in terms of domination, they dominated in this uh, yeah. second half. Yeah, the Cougs. I mean, the second half, it was thirty fouls called in the second half. Seventeen on the Cougs, thirteen on Auburn. Auburn, Auburn fans, y'all, y'all can cry if you want to, but your team missed seventeen <laughs> free throws. So y'all got y'all went to the line. You missed 17 free throws. Y'all lost by 17. So, I mean, sorry, not sorry. But it was just – Andy has touched on this a few times in previous LRCs. The Cougs, it was just like they, they flipped the switch. I yeah. mean, it really was like second half. I don't know if they were just – we got to play better. We got to play our, our kind of basketball. You know, that first half was not us. And then they just – they went to work. <laughs> went to work offensively. Crashed the boards, made free throws, which is so unlike previous Houston teams. This team is just different. This we touched on all three of us, Andy and four of us, as well on, on Thursday's show. We believe this team would find a way to win today. Mm-hmm. None of us picked Houston to lose today. Correct? Correct. So we just we believe in this team, we believe in these players, we believe in this coaching staff. In spite of Coach Sampson saying it's a road game, because we know what he did to the players. All those fans are gonna be cheering against y'all. It's gonna be us against everybody. Let's use that to our advantage. We're undefeated on the road. Well, they're still undefeated on the road. Mission accomplished on the Kansas City. Real quick, since Andy hopped on a plane, so I don't believe I'll have any post-game locker room comments on this live edition of Less Rage Cougs. I'm sure he'll, if he can. Squeeze it in on, on Pasta Gemma on the YouTube channel. But we're going to thank Hoop and Holler, Star Pizza, and BB's. Thank you to Hoop and Holler, the Houston Micro Collective. Hoop and Holler is the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials, such as with Ryan Elvin, DeAnthony Jones, 
and have also done an NIL deal with Houston women's basketball player Layla Blair. Pizza with three different locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to shop for pizza. Be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net where you can check out the online menu and order online to just stop and pick up your pizza. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. And BB's, Tex Orleans, is a Cajun New Orleans-themed restaurant with a unique Texas twist. Featuring selections inspired by Cajun food, BB's cuisine is what they like to call Tex Orleans. Visit them online at bbstexorleans.com. Well, real quickly, real quickly, just talk about the other two number one seeds. Oh, no, no, no. No, 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 no. Let's hold that for a second. Dayon, Aki, y'all know, followers on the show, Chuck, The Real, Me and Only Me, Loyal, T.I., Loyal Supporters, Watches of, Let's Rage Cougs. Y'all know I have a tendency to be petty when it comes to Memphis. <clears throat> oh, Memphis fans. My man Memphis. What, what was his name last Sunday? What, what was his name? Memphis. What was it? Memphis Grid, something like that? Yeah, I forgot about that guy. Oh, Oh, my man, where are y'all now? What y'all going to be doing next Friday? I know one thing I'm going to be doing. They're going to be watching us. Watching the Cougs play basketball in Sweet 16. I know that much. But I digress. I don't want to petty. But, Akib, your thoughts on Jermon Mark, this version of Jermon Mark, as being a key to them continuing this run in the tournament? Yeah, we said it last uh, last show that Jermon Mark has this capability of taking over. It's just, it was a matter of we have three, four other guys we can always go to. So he just maybe didn't get this shine, this consistency. And we we mentioned we mentioned this time and time again, every show, that Tremont Mark, when it comes to that mid-range pull-up, it's money. And today, it just, he showed exactly why, you know, Houston goes to him in those situations, why he can get buckets like that. He's he's usually especially since uh, Auburn's guard was smaller than him. He was literally just shooting over, and then, oh, if he gets a big switched on him, he'll step back, fade away. Big's too slow, so it was just a perfect storm, mismatches everywhere, and that was just a credit also to Coach Sampson for just giving him the ball. I think he's had scored in three or four possessions in a row, if I'm not even mistaken, and and then he was going to the line constantly, so it. I mean, that was just – they said – I think it was – it's his career high, 26 points. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he can have he can have games like that. He can have more games like that. It's just you got Shed, you got Sasser, you got Jairus Walker, you got Jaywan Roberts, so many guys that can that can hoop, give, give you buckets. So um, it was just a matter of time before he had a game like this. And then yeah, you, you touched on he – was, he was efficient. Just go ahead. Talk about that. Yeah, yeah, he was definitely efficient. And I think it, it started with – he decided not to shoot that three in the corner and he drove it. And that's what got him in the rhythm. He seen the ball go through the hoop and I'm sure Coach Sampson uh, tell him to keep driving instead of settling for the three. And um, I think that's just a master coaching job for Coach Sampson because I want to say he kind of put cuffs on him, but he made him star in his role with, like you guys just said, we have so many different options. And so he's not the number one option, but he his role is to play tough defense and rebound and, and spread the floor and knock down shots. And, and then at times when – and um another thing for Coach Samson you got to get from credit, all the times throughout the season when he get those freshman um, 
experience it played a um time it played a factor tonight because we always talk about anything could happen in a game where it could be foul trouble and Jamal and Marcus could be out. We always mention that. And tonight was the game where they were actually out. And more credit to Jermon because he has that ability to hand the ball and make decisions and play make as well as score. So he really showed his full arsenal. I mean, he defended at a high level. He rebounded at a high level. He scored at a high level. And he still controlled the tempo of the game in which goes back to we got to give more credit to Jamal because he did a great job of that. When the game kind of was getting out of hand, he would make that his mid-range jumper, settled down a little bit, got into the paint, made a couple of plays, and found players. And so, and then on the defensive end, he the one jump started um, us in the second half to build on the momentum and change the momentum. But Jermon, man, he had a tremendous game. We need him to continue to be more aggressive. I yes. mean, he can still get these shots, and I think. Jamal is a pass first point guard and will defer to Marcus and Tremont or whomever's hot. And so I think it, it really is on Tremont to be more aggressive and smart in his shot selection, not settle for as many threes unless they're wide open and then you take them. You don't pass them up. But at the same time, sometimes you can break down the defense and get inside and get to your mid-range or get inside, get to the free throw line or, or whatever the case may be. But he definitely has to be more aggressive and not be so passive. But Coach Sapson be on him because he don't want him to take some bad shots because he knows what he's capable of, just like we do. Yeah, I, I don't want the rest of however far the coups go in this tournament. We hope they go all the way. I don't want another game where Jamon takes zero free throws. Yeah. He 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 just that that hurts the team. That's a lack of aggression on his part. Don't set up for the three, attack, get the paint, get to the get to the bucket, get to the rim. Today was an anti-mark game in this sense. He had zero assists because he was yeah. being aggressive. He looked to mm -hmm. score. He was the option. It was needed today. It may be needed on Friday, but he's got to have games where he goes to the free throw line. Zero attempts to me just indicates he's not being aggressive, not aggressive. and that, mm -hmm. that hurts the Cougs right there. Yeah. But you touched on it. Juan had five block shots. I think Jerris had six, a new UH Cougar tournament record, which kind of surprised me many times as a keen play. But six block shots at, at some point, did y'all get a sense that Auburn was like, They're everywhere? <laughs> how, yeah. how are we going to score? What do you think about that? The, the Cougs were swarming. Auburn was at one point, what, like two for 20 from the floor in the second half? Especially with the way that they were guarding. When they blitzed the pick and roll, they couldn't get anything. And then when they switched, Jerry's ability to switch it guard to guard and then recover and block the shot. So it's literally like, dang, no matter what they do, we can't execute. And then some of that stuff they got in the first half was just kind of, I don't want to say fluky, it's just it wasn't Houston basketball in regards to being in the right spot and helping and just – being on one accord like they normally were and like they were in the second half. And so, I, I mean, I mean, you definitely on with that one. It, it was, the, it was the threes. Yeah. It was the threes at the first half that I thought some of them were outrageous. They just yeah, kind of threw green it up. Um, yeah. By green too. Um, and I think that that's what, that that's what kind of told me that in the first half, like, okay, as long as we play our game, we offensive rebound, you know, we get to the free throw line. Uh, we get stops, we'll be fine. And and we showed, like, just how, I guess, uh, just how diverse this team is, too, that we can win how in deep. so many, how yeah. deep we are. We can win in so many yeah. ways. We were able to sit Marcus and Shed for an extended period of time. And we had and guys. Extend the lead. And, and, and extend the lead. And I even thought at one point we didn't even need to bring 
bring Marcus back <laughs> just because we had a 10 point lead and you know injuries can happen but he I think he had he had a deep three uh yeah he had a dagger three a, a, dagger, a, three, a yeah. dagger three in the corner that exactly mm-hmm. yeah. and I wanted to touch on one quick point Dayon you mentioned that first shot in the second half that Tremont Mark that it was all because he didn't settle for the three and he went baseline mm-hmm. and he had an easy he had an easy bucket and I was thinking the, the whole time Tremont can do that Every almost every, every play, every and because he he can go left, he can go right. Obviously, he goes left predominantly, and he could he really took care of the basketball as well, not just his his shooting. And Auburn didn't have any shot blockers, uh, unlike no. us. They didn't have anyone that was just protecting yeah. the rim like that. And so, yeah, I think that that was the shot that, that got him going right there. And this is a great point right here. Oh, he's going to try to join us from the. the um the street yeah <laughs> there we go i'm walking because i have to get on a car and get on a plane but i just hopefully i won't be able to send videos but celebratory mood in the locker room it was very very businesslike Jawan roberts jamal said said they, there was no screaming at halftime they knew that they weren't cutting it and really they just came out with a mindset to get one stop and that's exactly what they did coming out in the second half and I'm running out of breath because I'm talking while I walk, but incredible. Todd score Auburn 50 to 23 in the second half. That just shows uh, the heart of the team. It was tested, and uh, Tremont Mark, we, we talked about it last let's reach two. He showed up big time, and that's my report because I have to get on the car. See you guys. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Andy. Take care, man. Safe travels. Uh, man, technology is great, man. I mean, we have a lot. <laughs> to uh, just join the show before he walks to the car. Uh, technology is a beautiful thing, man. And real quick on that break, is just got to thank our sponsors again. Hoop and Holler. Thank you to Hoop and Holler, the Houston Micro Collective. Hoop and Holler is the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials, such as with Ryan Elvin, DeAnthony Jones, and have also done an NIL deal with Layla Blair. Star Pizza, with three different locations across the Houston area, Star Pizza is your go-to stop for pizza. Be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net where you can check out the online menu and order online to just stop and pick up your order. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. And BB's, BB's Tex Orleans is a Cajun New Orleans themed restaurant with a unique Texas twist. Featuring selections inspired by Cajun food, BB's cuisine is what they like to call Tex Orleans. Visit them online at BB's Tex Orleans. Dot com. And of course, I'd like to thank our main sponsor, Les Rage Cougs, is presented by the Saxonian family. And they got one more game at least to be sponsor of us as we as we follow the Cougs throughout this tournament. Two down, hopefully four more to go. You guys want to spend just a couple moments on the other two number one seeds that lost? Any yeah. thoughts on Purdue first, Dan? What you got? It? Uh, Purdue. Uh, let's go Kansas first because okay. I actually I had I predicted um, that Kansas would be an you know, upset alert today, and and I want the one reason I figured that is because I like the matchup with Arkansas's guards. I, I figured Arkansas's guards would be able to get inside, and be able to have some effectiveness against Kansas. But Kansas, I think they were hobbled, of course, by not having their Hall of Fame coach. But they're they're. Um, Point guard Harris, I think his ankle injury really limited them. He really does a great job in getting them in their offensive sets. But I just like Arkansas's toughness, their ability to rebound. I think they were just a little bit more athletic than Kansas, and they got a tough W today. So that was one of the the uh, number one seeds I was 
not surprised about, but Purdue, oh man. <laughs> Purdue got exposed straight up. Yeah. And we they they had a five out offense. And uh, what did you want to say something, Chris? No, I, I mean, yeah. exposed in a sense, we weren't surprised. Right. Because their big man, Zach Eady, is their offense. Their guards are inexperienced. If they're not playing well, not shooting well, they're going to struggle. So we're not, mm-hmm. I'm not surprised. Go ahead, Aki. No, I was going to say, I mean, the guard play hasn't been great from them all season. They just been going, they just pound the ball with Zach Eady offensively and hope there's double and triple teams. But, you know, credit to, was it uh, Fairly Dickinson, right? FDU, yeah. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that school existed. I'll be honest. Me either. Before, me either. Before, uh, <laughs> yesterday, and that's that's a, that's the a great thing about March is like you find yeah. so every year there's teams like that, and it's great great for those teams great because you know their school gets shine, and they get more enrollment and you know they get more publicity, which is good. But I thought I I didn't obviously I didn't think they'd lose to a 16 seed. I don't think anyone picked them to beat uh, Purdue. I think after that game, all the brackets were just eliminated but to you know it was yeah like i said i think it was just the ex- getting exposed and and they they just stopped going to Edie at the end because there's just too much pressure and yeah they couldn't it, they couldn't guard the ball they couldn't keep yeah. those fast then, quick yeah. more athletic guards out um, yeah. outside the paint and then defensively Purdue just they can't they couldn't guard that five out offense it was like an nba style mm-hmm. offense mm-hmm. and they're bigs even though I think maybe hardly 30% three-point shooter, they were cashing in on some of the shots, big shots, big shots. And then Kansas, I didn't get to catch the game today, but um, I was told that Kansas was underseeded as a one seed, you know, being under <laughs> Houston. So that's what I was told. Oh, one of those guys was a national guy. Uh, I, let me, yeah, Seth Davis. I'm calling, I'm calling, calling names, yeah, Seth Davis. Yeah. Because Sunday, I was with, we were with the team in the waiting area when they announced the seating. Yep. And when they announced Houston was number one in Kansas City, Mr. Davis said something along the lines of, uh, Houston, I, you know, I love you, I respect you, but I think Kansas should be number one in Kansas City. And the players, the Cook players are like, all right, yeah, whatever, Seth. Well, yep. KU's done, and the Cougs will be playing in Kansas City. <laughs> so, Chris, yeah, go ahead, okay. Chris. Th- this is what happens every year. We, you know, we have these national pundits saying the same thing over and over. Oh well, they don't play in a big, in a elite conference. This and that, and then they still Houston still makes a deep run. Same thing again. Seth Davis is the number one Houston hater. He he's been every for the last six years that we have been, you know, in the tournament minus the COVID year. He has been saying how much, you know, this team, he's he's always, when it comes to, he's an AP people voter, he's always voting, you know, a lot lower than the other, than uh, on average. So he's a number one hater and I love it. I just love how, you know, Houston proves uh, that the doubter is wrong. What do y'all think yeah. about Hunter's comment right here? If you each play second half basketball like that for the rest of this season, why can't we be champions? 100%. 
I think we definitely can because defense travels no matter what gym, uh, what state, what city, where you are, defense travels. And they can play with that defense, that level of intensity on the defense. They'll find ways to manufacture offense. From We see the plethora of, player, plethora of players that they have to do so, whether it's Jairus who needs more touches and or Jamal or Marcus or Tremont or even Emmanuel off the bench. Um, and so you, you, you never know. You can pick your poison. And this team is so unselfish. And Coach Sampson has his fingerprint on, on the pulse of the team and the players and the game. And he knows when – to get players touches and, and when to keep riding players. And so, I mean, you got to give credit to his ability to motivate the players. Cause I'm sure he had uh, some motivational um, things to say at the halftime. And, and I, I saw they put the camera on him during the game. I don't know if you guys caught in it early in that second half. He was like, Hey, we're okay. We're okay. And so I, I don't feel like he ever felt like the, the um, game was getting out of hand or Auburn was doing something that they couldn't defend. And so, Man, I, they definitely can make it all the way, man, for sure. And um, let me flip it around a little bit. It's what is the reason? What do you guys think is the reason why first halves, the last few first halves, they haven't played Cougar basketball? <clears throat> I, I don't, go ahead, Akin. I don't. I honestly don't know. Um, I think it just def, it definitely, of course, their defense. It's just the intensity of the offensive rebounding. That's like. The last eight years that Kelvin Sampson has been a coach for this uh, Houston team, uh, even the national media will say say this blatantly, like that they're the best offensive rebound team in the country, whether they were number one or two or whatever they were this season. Like as a team, not just statistically and then just the way they attack the glass, they're the best offensive rebounding team. And if they do that – it's it's uh it's just night and day the way they play. That's I mean that's their identity. They Samson has said this time and time again that you know we're we're not a team that's gonna make uh, buckets on the first shot. It's 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 gonna come down to our offensive rebound team. And, and I just want to say this: it's it's no this second half was no fluke. Uh, all the different metrics have Houston as a number one team. Houston is the favorite to win the national championship uh, right. when it comes to odds and betting odds. And then when you look at Kempom, when you look at uh, the net ra- uh, net rankings, when you look at AP Pool, I know we were bumped down twice just because of that loss, but I think had Sasser been healthy and played in that Memphis game, we probably would have won. But we would have, we could have, you know, finished off the season uh, as number one in the AP Pool. So it's this is no fluke, and it's time for um, national media and then the haters to realize that this is a nationally relevant program this this is a red we, we could say red blood now it's a red blood team it's there's obviously not blue blood but it's you know blue it's collar baby blue, blue collar, collar. You can, yeah. we call it blue collar i like that too how about what chuck says right here U.S. plays a long mm-hmm. game with opponents and grinds them all 40 minutes do i agree with that yeah, yeah i think that that has a part to do with some of the that what we perceive as slow starts because of sometimes offensive are just doing a good job of moving the ball and doing a good job of penetrating and executing against that defense. And like to Chuck's point, the defense and the pressure stays high and they stay with that level of intensity throughout the game. It wears them down because it forces you and it's hard to continue to execute and execute and execute with someone and steadily pressure and pressure and pressure like that. So I think that definitely has a lot to do with it. And I think it it really just just broke them down and they didn't have the capabilities because you got to have someone who can – 
beat someone off the dribble consistently against Houston. And we've seen teams that have been able to do that, but that's what you have to do. Or you must be able to move the ball without the basketball and cut because Houston's going to help. They're going to rotate and they're going to force you to make the extra pass and force you to make tough, contested shots. And so I think to Chuck's point, that has a lot to do with it. But sometimes it is Houston just not playing with the level of intensity um, to start the game as they do throughout the um, the full game. And I, I think this this team is is different in a sense. They have probably more guys who can score. And at some, time, at some points, they kind of lean on it a little bit. And when their shots aren't going, it hurts their defense. But when they mm-hmm. get back to Cougar basketball and just focus on defense, then they get to stops and get easier buckets, and then their offense mm-hmm. gets easier. What do you think about that? Yes, sometimes, yeah. A lot oftentimes their defense turns into offense. And so I think they get energy off their defense when they're able to get a stops and get those rebounds. So sometimes it's a block. And and when they do that, they get the stops. Um Coach Sampson's not yelling. <laughs> and at the same time, like you said, they're able to create or create offense, get out of transition and not have to go against a set defense. I think we can't under um under estimate how hard it is to execute against a, a full set defense um, time in and time out. You got to have players like Marcus Sasson put on display on how you can get a pick and roll and you you switch and he can beat your man one-on-one. He did that time after time again early in the second half when Houston needed buckets and you need players to do that. And that's the difference. The, the tournament is a guards um, game. And yes. I just like the NBA off the two, but yeah. in the tournament, you got to have guards that can get busy and, and, and get buckets in opportune times. And, and we got um, three uh, best starting three guard lineup in the country. And we ready for anybody. Akib, yeah, yeah. what do you? How about this comment? Another comment from Hunter. You, you and Dayon, got to give credit a lot of credit to the bench for yeah. playing tough defense. Yeah. What do you think about that? Yeah, yeah, Arsenal. He gave a couple of minutes. Emmanuel Sharp. They trust him. I think Emmanuel Sharp. He's more in there because what he can do offensively. But he played a. He had a couple of fouls. But I thought some of these fouls were just. I don't even want to. I want to. I want to try to stay as positive as possible because some of those fouls made no sense to me. I know they kind of started making it up, making up for it, and giving us, giving Houston some calls. But just to you know, just I don't want to harp on the negative too much. But yeah, first half it just seemed to me like even we were up, I believe 27, 24 or twenty seven, twenty five, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, and even then, I I did not feel like we were playing Cougar basketball whatsoever right and it it just seemed like okay we, they were hitting some shots we were hitting some shots it was a lot of trading shots going on and what really it of course the defense was wasn't there but then offensively it's just when I, it, we're waiting till 10 7 8 seconds left and then the ball's in shed's hand i'm not i know yeah. shed he's hit some, he in his in his career he's hit some big shots he hit he hit the buzzer beater against memphis but even right now i don't that's I'm not a fan of Shed having the ball with you know a couple of seconds left. I know he can make some plays, but you got guys like Sasser, you guys got you have guys like Tremont Mark who can also create. It doesn't need to be oh, they just pitch it to um to Shed up top. And I think they they really changed that in the second half. It was just there's a lot of off you know off ball movement, a lot of screens, down screens, setting. 
they're setting a lot of things uh, like differently from what I saw in the first half. It was very stagnant, the offense. I, I think yeah. Jamal was – I think he was. he's probably more injured or sore than Marcus. Could, could be, yeah. Jamal seemed to be more bothered by his injury than Marcus was. Really, I agree with you to the point I don't like the Cougs offense when it gets slow and methodical and they take too long in the shot clock and end up with almost like a grenade. You pass to your teammate with three seconds left and say, do something. I don't like that. I'm over with Dayon and play it faster, getting quicker shots earlier in the shot clock. And then if you miss, go get it. <laughs> you know, yeah. don't wait for five, four, three. Because th- those, it seems like you have a lower percentage of scoring if you wait to those final seconds in the yeah. shot clock. Yeah, uh, back to to this point uh, real quick. I think we do have to give a lot of credits to the, the people off the bench because of when they went out, they were able to maintain the defensive intensity to keep Auburn um, on the drought that they were on. It was no drop-off nowhere with, with Emmanuel or Terrence. When they were on the floor, they kept the, uh, the Cougar defense, the culture defense going, so much credit to them because they were able to do so. And Emmanuel made um, made a couple shots. and He made a couple buckets, got to the free throw line, made a couple free throws, and so they were both effective and had impacts on the game. So definitely I'm um, shout out to him. But Tremont, man, I, I'm so happy for him to have this breakout game, especially bound, coming off the game that he had last game in, in which he didn't have his best game. And I'm sure he realized and, and challenged himself like, man, I got to step up. I know what I need to do. And then how the game tra- uh, turned out, uh, he had his big game. And then Marcus and Jamal getting in foul trouble. And now we really, really need you. And you come through and you produce. I mean, his confidence, I'm sure, is always high. But it has to be through the roof for him to not only take what he did today and not settle for threes, but take that aspect of it of getting inside the paint, getting to his spots, getting to the free throw line, because he can do that on a nightly basis and take 10 to 12 shots and get um some of his most effective shots and you efficient know, it, shots. Emmanuel, four rebounds in like 13 minutes, so that's, mm-hmm. that's a great number for him. I'm going to say this. I, I think the only kind of three I would like to see Tremont take is corner threes. The further he gets away from the basket, get it, put on the floor, penetrate into the defense, get into the mid-range game, go to the hoop, corner threes because that's the shortest three-pointer. Other than that, I'm just – he's not there yet consistently from three-point range on the the further he, further he gets from the bucket. But eight for nine from the free throw line for Jamar and Mark. Cougs made a lot of their free throws, unlike Auburn. It was just a great win. Marcus Sasser did his part. When he wasn't on the bench in foul trouble, Jarris Walker swatting things left and right. Roberts did that as well. It was an overall great team win. Tell me this, guys. Before the game, how many people outside of Houston did Jarris pick Auburn to win today? A lot of people. A lot. Name some names. <laughs> name some names. Come on. I mean, no, nah, Go ahead. I can. No, nah, I mean, if you look at, I mean, I, I'm in a couple of bracket challenges, and a lot of people had Auburn upsetting Houston in a lot of these brackets that I'm seeing. And to me, yeah. I'm thinking it's like they they didn't do any research. Um, like you can have Auburn beating Houston, that's fine, but like the un the abnormal amount of people picking Auburn, and like this was in every show, every post game, pre game show, they're like, 
they mentioned the same thing. They're they're tooting the same horn. They're saying, "Oh, Auburn in in uh, Birmingham. Auburn in Birmingham." Like as if Houston, you know, didn't that they didn't lose a single game on the road this season. So the road, the whole home road stuff with Houston, they don't play to the home the home if it, they're a home team or a or a road team. They just play how they play all season long. And and like I said before, like if you look statistically, Ken, I I really like Ken Palm. To me, is you know one one of the best at um, predicting, you know, the metrics of how good a team is and. And they, they all season long has showed Houston is the number one team. Is this because you know I, I'm kind of surprised if Hunch I'm about Hunter, I'm not saying you're wrong, but Chuck picked the Cougs beat Auburn today. Did he really? If he did, uh, I didn't see. <laughs> I, I, I didn't catch his prediction, but if he did, he's a smart man and just <laughs> going, him, yeah. going with his heart. I mean, going with his mind instead of his heart. Because I mean, Houston is a better team, and a lot of a lot of things too, in which I don't really pay attention to because they haven't seen the Houston and been watching Houston to the extent that we have. They don't know that Tremont has the ability to what he displayed tonight. Well, I mean, we actually knew that, and it was just a matter of time, but before it showcased itself because we've seen it before. And so I, I think people were stuck with just the top names, the big names that, that you hear the most of, or Marcus Sass is kind of injured. How would he look? Houston might not play. Man. So it was a lot of doubt around people who really don't know Houston to the extent we have. So I really don't really pay attention to that. And so, but it, man, it was good to see Marcus play a full game. I, I didn't really know what to expect coming from last game and how he ended up playing X amount of minutes. But then I listened to the um, what Coach Sampson said after the game, the clips that Andy posted with the trainer. And so I, I felt like he was going to be able to play the full game based off of that. But I just didn't know what to expect. And then when I seen him, I mean, he, a couple of times on defense, he looked like he didn't look like his normal self. Mm -hmm. But then um, once he settled in the game and I think got into a rhythm, he looked like, like he, he might – be able to play the rest of the um throughout the tournament. I think he said he's about 60%. If that's 60%, and he could have went for 30 tonight or today if he didn't get in foul trouble, uh, I take it. Yeah. Oftentimes uh, think... with the groin, sorry, Chris, uh, real no, no. quick. Oftentimes, like with a groin injury, you can do more things offensively. It's mm -hmm. the it's on the defensive end where you gotta have lateral movement where mm -hmm. you know it's it still shows up, obviously, like even early in the game, late in the game. He, he clearly, like, those fouls, they're happening for a reason. He's hacking yeah. he because he gets he's getting beaten. But, like, I'll take a 60% Marcus Sasser, you know, just because of what he can do offensively. And he started the he started the, the last game similarly to how he started this game. I know he had, he had hit an extra three, you know, this game um, as opposed to last game. But the second half is, man, I, like, we really – we really needed his his uh, shot making just to get things going before Trayvon Martin, mm -hmm. you know, took the reins. And you know, posted it that Jay Phillips picked Auburn, and <clears throat> I mean, I'm okay with it. You haven't seen the Cougs play, you don't know what you don't know. Like Coach Sampson says a lot often. You're right, right. So <laughs> we we've seen Trayvon Mark. We know what he's capable of doing, and he did it. He was aggressive. We touched on it after Thursday's less rage coup. We wanted to see Tremont be more aggressive. Wanted him to get to the foul line. He did those things today. Tremont Mark, I mean, I, I, the team has to play well, okay, to win a championship. Everybody. But if Tremont Mark does, performs like this the rest of the tournament, 
the Cougs have a great, great, great <laughs> chance to win the national championship. No. So I just, I just need, I just need half of this because I think to expect a career high. No, oh yeah, not, not night, career high. No, no, no. It's, it's a lot to ask for. No, but yeah. I, no, I get, I get the gist of what you're saying. I'm just kind of speaking to to other people uh, that, who, who might be like. Dang, we need to because they might be like, well, he didn't score 20, so whatever, whatever. And so no, we 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 need like man in, in production point wise half of this consistently throughout the tournament. And what else we get outside of that is a bonus. But the, the decision making, the way he played, the aggressiveness, we need that version of Tremon uh, Mark from the rest of the tournament, the rest of his cougar career. Yes, agreed. And Juan Roberts had good looks. Shots just rolled. And they just off. did fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he had off. a lot of good sure. looks, a lot yeah. of his, his spots and everything is power hand and everything. They just didn't Same fall. Same with Jairus. Jairus too. Yeah, both Jairus. of them. Yeah, had yeah. good looks. Shots didn't fall, and the Cougs still won by 17 points. So we'll take it. This final as we wind down this edition of of Let's Rage Cougs. One more time, I want to thank our sponsors. First up, Hoop and Holler. Thank you to Hoop and Holler, the Houston Micro Collective. Hoop and Holler is the entity behind the Star Pizza commercials such as with Ryan Elvin, DeAnthony Jones, and they have also done an NIL deal with Houston women's hoop player Layla Blair. Star Pizza, with three different locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to shop for pizza. Be sure to visit them online at starpizza.net, where you can check out the online menu and order online to just stop and pick up. Star Pizza, Houston's best pizza since 1976. And BB's, Tex Orleans is a Cajun, New Orleans-themed restaurant with a unique Texas twist. Featuring selections inspired by Cajun food, BB's cuisine is what they like to call Tex Orleans. Visit them online at bbstexorleans.com. And of course, Less Rage Cougs is presented by the Saxonian family, our main sponsor, title sponsor of Less Rage Cougs throughout this Cougs run to, we hope, the national championship but let me see fouls total is like 47 i want to say 47 fouls yeah 47 30 of them called second half 17 on the cougs <clears throat> a lot of them a lot of them i'm not gonna say all of them for sure a lot of them were legit some of them are like come on ref really <laughs> you know i think that, i think two of the two of juans were like come on that's not a foul yeah. you know so the refs got involved a little bit too much in the second half for my taste. What do you think about that? No, definitely, definitely. I mean, the only thing that I can say and what you ask for in regards to referees is be consistent. Call the same thing on both ends. And to their credit, they did that. And so, I mean, I agree. It messes up the flow of the game. It makes it an ugly game. And even Jamal's foul when he reached in, but he didn't touch him. Right. And so, I mean, it was a lot of, I don't know, what you predetermined um, calls. I guess they look at it and, and – I don't know, but I, I to their which, credit, they were consistent. Aren't supposed to do <laughs> right. They aren't supposed to do that. So I mean, all you can ask for is to be consistent. But to Houston, they made their free throws in the second half. First half, they didn't make their free throws right. down by ten at the half. Second half, you make your free throws, and they continue to call us. And Auburn missed their free throws. We get the win, and so I mean, it's lessons to be learned in that. Um, we can't foul as much. We gotta. Uh, adapt to how the game is being called and at the same time if if we go to the foul line and we got to capitalize we got to make our free throws okay what do you say about that yeah i thought the second half i'm curious to know where, where this officiating crew what their 
you know, experiences in terms of like which conference. What conference? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, it that 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 makes a big difference. Because I know That's the Big Twelve, the Big Twelve. They call more fouls compared to like the American, for example. And mm-hmm. I mean, that's just my opinion. I mean, it could I could be wrong about that, but it's but we just we just have to adapt. And I think Cougars did like an excellent job adapting. It's also it's helpful. It's helpful when your head coach is Kelvin Sampson and he's giving the Great refs, point. you know, an earful. And then it, I'm sure the refs got word, for example, the goaltending that they missed. So. Um, yeah, and then they're they're I'm, they're they're constantly being told by you know the head refs like okay we mi-, they know the calls that they miss you know after the fact so I'm sure they started making up some calls obviously that's not how you're supposed to ref a game but um, things got ticky tacky but it just comes down to you know especially with this team if we can just if we hit our free throws it's very very hard to lose on the, with this Cougar team like they literally the Alabama game I believe were we missing free throws. Kind of mm-hmm. late. I know it was the it was the defense, obviously giving up shots, but then and Tremont Mark fouling out. And Tremont Mark, he had fouled out. So it's just, and then it was just the first half was a combination of things. I know, Dayon, you touched on the free throw shooting. It was everything. It was the defense. It was the defense. offense. It was the free throw shooting. I don't the three. I don't. I don't know how how what, how we even shot from the three point line uh, in the first half. It was like three for twelve or something like that. So it was just. It come and then we were still only down ten, even after all that. So right, you could tell Jamal is it wasn't his normal self. I mean, because mm-hmm. I, I, if I'm not mistaken, the first half he didn't take any shots. Right, mm-hmm. and, and in the second half, I mean, like I mentioned, he realized it. He picked his choosing, picking shows when he took shots, but he he isn't his normal explosive self going to the rim because for his his size and his stature, he's still explosive and has the ability to get to the rim and finish through contact and elevate and finish over defenders. And so that explosion, you could tell it isn't the same. I wonder what percentage would he say he is um, because I think you could tell early on, but then once that drilling kicks in and they, they get to going, um, you, they, they just turn it to a different. Also there's, I mean, there's this comment from Nicholas Jones that, uh, that you could probably pull it. It says Auburn missed some of their free throws, but Hey, free throws are part of the game. Like yeah, a lot of their free throws. And yeah, could could the game could the game been different? Of course it could have been, but free throws are part of the game. And that's the one thing I like about Kelvin Sampson is like he will blame free throw shooting. A lot of head coaches will say, Oh, okay, well, we played a great game, but you know, we missed free but if if Houston has a bad night from the free throw line, he will he'll highlight that and he'll say, Hey, we'll we literally it could have been that was the difference in the game. And I actually like that because Free throw, free throws are meant to be free, free buckets, yeah. for a reason. So if you're shooting, if you're at least as a team shooting, you know, seventy five percent, that can get you wins. The extra five percent. You know, Broom missed ten free throws. He missed ten of their seventeen free throws himself. And he's like a sixty percent, you know, free throw shooter. So. Yep, and there was a point in the second half where you could tell he didn't want to be at the line because <laughs> he yeah. was like, oh. How, how am I going to miss these? That's where he, his, yeah. his expression was. So at, at a point, I was like, well, maybe this is just the coup's philosophy. Foul him. Send him to the line so he can miss. Because <laughs> it, it worked. Contag- yeah. It wasn't just him. It was contagious. That whole team, I think that the, the, we had the three the the bad foul that Emmanuel Sharp had, which I didn't really see it, but it was the, I think, was the it on the hand? Three-point shot, yeah. Three-point yeah. shot. Was it on the hand or I'm not, I'm not too sure, but um, – 
he missed the I think the first free throw. Yeah, he walked he so, walked under Katie Johnson, didn't let yeah. him come down. And yeah. I think Katie Johnson, I think I checked, he was like he's like a seventy five percent free throw shooter. So it yeah. kinda kinda averages out. But still like it the whole team started missing free throws and it just got to their head from there. And who will the Cougs play in the uh regional semifinal? Who who's up on the uh, on the schedule for them? Uh it's the winner out of Miami and um who does Miami play? It's whoever Miami plays. I'm looking at the bracket right now. Okay. Miami and Indiana. Whoever wins out of Miami, Indiana. Yeah. And and they they play tomorrow, right? They yeah, play tomorrow. Right? Yep. Yep. Okay. And so, go ahead. No, I just th- if we're looking forward to that matchup, I think if Miami has a better collection of guards, yes. with Nigel Pack, the ACC Player of the Year, um, Wong, and and they, I think they'll be a tougher matchup. Indiana has a. Uh, Jackson, who is a, probably going to be a lottery pick, but I like the way that we defend the post. They got young guards, a couple of freshman guards who got some talent. So I think Miami would be the tougher matchup, but both of those are, are really good, high-quality teams. Agreed. And it's all about matchups, okay? it's The next game is the next game, and we're not going to go beyond getting to Houston or going beyond this coming opponent. The next game is the one that counts. And I'm The Cougs can – use this, these next few days to rehab, get some rest, because I'm pretty sure they're flying back tonight, have an off day, get treatment on Sunday, go over film and all that kind of stuff, and then start preparing for the next opponent. But, Aki, one more as we wind it down on this edition of Less Rage Cougs. And one more time, if folks are wondering, where is Andy? Andy probably is in Max Plane coming back to Houston by now. I think he he caught the caught the with the car because it sure wasn't a cab. Caught the car ride to the airport and they're going to fly back on Max plane. So that's where Andy is. If you wonder where he is, why you don't see him except for that little what was it like a two minute blip of him walking? <laughs> I guess the airport. He's walking to the car at the airport. Yeah, he, Andy got car service, man. He had car service to the <laughs> private jet. They got to yeah. hop on the private jet, and now they almost back in the city. Hey. You know what I'm saying? You know, so you know they got like license plates. Yep. You know they got. You know Mac got a couple of money bags on that plane from. Yes, sir. However yes, much sir. he bet today, I, I, so, I don't yeah. even know. Yeah. <laughs> so no but question. I, yeah. But just your thoughts overall, Akib, as we wind down these last few minutes of Let's Rage yeah. Cougs. Your thoughts on today's win, and then if you want to look ahead to. Uh, Friday's game for Houston. No, it was a it was a great win, and they just this this game this second half just gave me even more confidence. I you know I have them I, I picked them to win the national championship, and like this this just showed why why they should be a, a favorite to win the national championship. And I'm just glad that you know Cougs have a long break. Their break is gonna be longer than the than either you know if they play Miami or uh, uh, who was it uh, and and. Indiana. Indiana. So mm-hmm. their break is going to be two days longer because Indiana and Miami play tomorrow and we end up, we're going to play uh, Friday. So it's, 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 you know, it's still important. It's that one seed, locking up that one seed was very important for Houston because it gives you extra days of break, gives you more, you know, it could be more favorable match, favorable matchups. So, you know, it's, it, and also we need this, we need this break. And if we can get a healthy Sasser, healthy um, Jamal Shad. You know the sky's the limit. Dan, how about you, man? What are your thoughts on on today's win? 
very impressive. Very impressive, man. I, I loved how we turned it on, made adjustments in the second half, and came out played true to the identity. And I love how um, Marcus, for sure, st stepped up, was a big time, looked like a first-team All-American, and then Tremont as well, showing the world, putting the world on notice that Houston has another guard in their staple that can take over games and I think has the ability to be an All-American as well. And so um, now the team gets rest. I think rest up, get healthy, um, as healthy as possible, mm -hmm. regroup. And uh, pay attention to whoever we're going to play in the, in the next round. And so I'm happy for the team, happy for Coach Sampson. Congrats to all of them. Shout out to all the fans that traveled because y'all definitely, I'm sure, made an impact in the stadium. Like I keep saying on my TV in that second half, I heard you guys loud and proud. And so if you're tuning in, watching us, thank you. And thank you for supporting um, Cook fans as well as us because we do this because we support Houston as well. And I'm going to say this, Andy mentioned this to me that uh, the players told him they watched this show. So they watched the rebroadcast. So Cougar players watch Let's Rage Cougs. So we appreciate their support and them watching the show. So Joe is, the audience is growing. And we thank you very much for that. We thank the fans for this one year and what a week that Let's Rage Cougs has been around. And we continue to do, we will do this as long as we can. So thank you very much. I saw the comment. What is it? Tremont Mark with T March? Dayon, T March? T, T March, baby. T March and then Tremont March. Great game from him. Aggressive Tremont is a, is a better, more impact player for the Cougs in this tournament. Great team win for the Cougs today. I'm going to toss it back around. Aki, you first. How can folks find you, follow you on social media? Yeah, y'all can find me on Twitter and then on Instagram at Akib Ghazi MMA. One more time. Do it again. Yeah, y'all can find me at, on Twitter and then on Instagram at Akib Ghazi MMA. I, you know, I, I try to co cover the Cougs as much as possible and then also cover uh, MMA and the UFC. Dayon? Find me on all social media platforms. Uh, Dayon Dunlop, like it's listed below. Check me out, man, and let's keep dancing. So survive in advance, and we still dancing. So let, let's keep it going. Let's make it all the way back to H-Town. Let's manifest it. But first, let's take care of business in Kansas City, in Missouri, and guess where our next opponent is. And then for me, I'm Chris Garden of the Houston Round Bar Review, HoustonRoundBarReview.com, Houston Round Bar Review on YouTube and on Instagram. We thank everybody. We had new names joining us on this distant Less Rage Cougs and YouTube. Thank you very much. Don't be a stranger. Tell your friends about the show. Our next show for Less Rage Cougs will be Friday from Kansas City. Dayon, I got to ask you, man. Let me see if I can put it back up here. Uh, how do I do this? Uh, let's go smaller. There we go. Will you be joining us in Kansas City, man? Yes. Our plans, uh, I get approved for credential. I will be in the building for sure. Excellent. Excellent. So we look forward to that. So once again, thank you to the Saxony family for being our primary sponsor and also to Hoop and Holler, Star Pizza and BB's and Yanez. Thank you for trusting us to man the show while you are returning to Ace Town on the private jet. And we will see everybody Friday. Dayon, you know what you do, my man, as you close it out. Let's raise Cougs. Let's go, Cougs. Thank you, everybody. I'll take care.